Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. So happy to be here today. What a blast. Oh, yeah. Yesterday was so much fun. We're just going to keep it rolling today. We got great guests on the show coming up today. Ricky Fowler will be here. He's one of my favorite golfers. I love him. Our friend Jay Larson, who does a lot of work with the uh, Golf Channel, is says he's the best dude ever. I mean... I love when someone presents one way publicly and then is that way in life, too. Yes, yes. So we're going to talk to him uh, in the next segment in hour two. Darren McCarty. Look, we, we're going to get his take on what it takes to win a Stanley Cup, not just one, but multiple, as, in my opinion, the Tampa Bay Lightning are on the precipice of, of having a team that's, that just wins dominant. multiple. Just dominant. He knows what it's like, and he knows what it takes. And it's interesting because we had him on our podcast, and he talked about three things that a cup team needs. When you make your cup run, what you need to have go your way. Right. Bounces that pucks get. You need to have these things go your way. So we'll get into that and talk about with him at the top of hour two. And then in hour three, our buddy Rob Nyer. Rob Nyer. Nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts about the game of baseball. I do want to get into just, and I know he's going to have a take on on spin rates and and all of it. And, you know, the complaining that we're hearing from pitchers and what that means. Let us cheat a little bit. Yeah, come on. Until the end of the year. Ramp down the cheating. But Rob Nyer is in hour three and uh, other goodies. You can call us. We'll take your calls today. 800-636-8686. Email us. Rome at haveatake.com. Garrett Ritt, Alvin DeLauro with us, Dave Ettinger in New York. Um, Jay, let's talk about, uh, I know you watched the game last night and I did too. I feel like in all sports, we're just seeing who isn't going to get injured at this point. That has become the game within the game. The game within the game is who can stay healthy. healthy? It's a war of attrition every single sport right now. I'm watching Wimbledon and I'm like, is this match going to end or is someone going to like slip and fall on the court? Right. And, and retire. So there's, there, we'll talk about all that stuff today. We'll talk about uh, Serena Williams later. And she retired for the first time, uh, not retired from tennis, but retired from a major the first time since 1998. But let's talk about the game last night because no ice tray. No ice tray. I was really upset because to me, he is, for me, the last great thing in these playoffs to watch. Well, he's... You he, don't know what he's going to do. And he welcomes the the role of, of villain. Being the Obviously, villain. Obviously, he I wouldn't be that in Atlanta. I want to... Right, but I want to see a guy who'd be a villain in his home In his own building. In his own building. Piss <laughs> off his own fans. Well, Trey Young's hair is so wispy, I bet it was messing with the Wi-Fi in, uh, in Atlanta. One of our night. Twitter followers said, Trey Young's hair looks like... It's being uh, operated by a magnet. Agree. I mean, that's to me. I was like, that is a perfect description for his hair because you you don't understand it. He's going this way, and his hair is kind of going this way. I love it. As dudes who are losing their hair, I love him. I'm, God I appreciate bless it. the man. To me, no ice tray is like drinking a hot, and I mean hot, not just warm, a hot diet coke that's at been a co- in your car, in your car, or at a cookout. Like you can taste all the chemicals, right? You know what I mean? When They're it just, gets to a certain temperature, you're like, oh, I know everything that's you in You can feel the disease seeping into you. You sure. know what I mean? When you're drinking yes. it, yet you're like, I got to put some liquid in me. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this game, but no ice tray. No ice tray. And then they come out, and, they, and, and this is when you understand that Atlanta is a deep team. Atlanta has a lot of depth all over the so, place. So the, to me, the story of the entire game yesterday was Lou Williams. They should let Lou Williams stop by the strip club and get wings whenever he wants. Whenever he wants. The scrimp scrimp club and get wings whenever he wants. He's in the scrimp club. Up in the scrimp club, do it. And because he is, in my opinion, a, a good sixth man on your basketball team is to me like a phenomenal backup quarterback. That if your number one goes down, you know that this guy can lead you to Nick Foles. Nick Foles. He's like Nick Fowles. Hey, grab me a water ice. Go, gra- hey, see, go grab a, a Coke Zero out of the fridge. Go down to the Wawa on Fifth Go to the Wawa on Fifth and Sandstone and go grab me a water ice. You know, Nick Foles coming in for Carson Wentz, like, yeah, he is. he was a backup that stepped up in that situation. Lou Williams basically did that. Now, we have been watching Lou Williams. He was the sixth man of the year Award winner. I would say it's almost like having a great third pitching starter 
in a World Series. Or so you lose game one and two with your one and two guys, and you need a win right here. You, you get a guy who can go out and who can get you a win and get, get you, you back, back into the track. series. Right. So, again, Lou Williams, sixth man of the year in 2015, 2018, and 2019. We've seen what he can do. And and saying you're a great sixth man is like, you know, we, we did a special on ESPN to try and get Jose Okendo into the Hall of Fame um, as the greatest utility man of all time. Yes, what we ended up getting was a handmade plaque of his hung on the utility closet. We'll yeah. take that as a win, guys. We'll take that it. as a win. I'm counting But it. people said to us, well, if he was such a great utility man, why wasn't he a starter? Same thing with Luiz. If he's such a great six man, if he's such a great player, why isn't he starting? Well, because you need a six man. You need someone coming off the bench with different energy. When your starters are resting, you want to either keep the lead or make up points on the lead. I say this to my daughters all the time. It's good to have friends who don't go to your high school. Don't go to your school. Because if stuff gets weird in your school, you can always hang out with your friend over there. If there's weird energy at your school, mm-hmm. bring in the friend from the other school. Right. This is what it is here. Yeah. If, if if there's the chemistry isn't working, if the energy isn't working, you bring in Lou Williams off the bench. And we've seen it so many times we've when he played Lou for the Williams, Clippers. Wait, on the Clippers have the most points in the game for the team. We'd seen him go off for like 30, 35 points, and he didn't start. Yeah. And so he he can do that. And what he did, he he led the Hawks in scoring last night, 21 points. And I think he dished out eight assists. He was so efficient, too. I think he was seven for nine. Mm-hmm. The dude was amazing. The dude yep. was asked to step in and be the ice tray, essentially. And he cool did the drinks, baby. And he did it. And he did it. And he did it, and, he, and he, he led them to a victory. And it was great, except the moment that Giannis went down, I'm like, what are we watching anymore? It, to me, felt like I was watching a midseason game where both rosters were practicing load management. Yeah. So I, I want to run the the sound of, of Giannis getting injured because it, I watched it over and over again. Not that I'm a sadist and, and but whatnot, but it was hard to watch. Yeah. Let's let's play that, Alvin. Lob it to Capella. Put it in. And Giannis is down. Mm-hmm. Giannis is down on the floor. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Listen a lot of contact on the alley-oop. Oh, looks like he landed on Capella's foot. I don't know what to say. He didn't. He though. didn't land on Capella's foot. He just landed in a way. He landed like when you jump from a high place and you land with a straight leg instead of like absorbing the shock with a bounce. It looked like a golf ball had just hit the flag and it just bent it back. And the, you know what I mean? Like when it hits the flag and it just bent, that's what his knee looked like in that scenario. I, I was surprised that he was able to put some weight on it. And I so think that that's should a be encouraging. And encouraging. But again, he goes out. He you, goes out and you and say you to yourself. About, and then I started thinking about all the guys who went out. You think Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. out, James Harden mm-hmm. out. You think Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. is out. Trey Young is out. Giannis is out. So now what does LeBron that, was hurt. K- a, AD was AD hurt. Was hurt. All these guys are hurt. Maybe maybe it's because they played 70 games in 140 days. So this is what LeBron was saying. And Shaq shut that down. Shaq was like, there's Shaq was like, there's no, there's nothing to the fact that they played so many games. I think this is all part of, you know, COVID hit and everybody's routine was thrown off. Yeah. Basketball players are and athletes are creatures of habit. And they form their habits and they get in their things. We eat the meals at this time. I eat this specific thing. I drink this crazy shake. I work out with this guy for this amount of time. If I'm Tom Brady, I take a, a, a glass of concussion juice, yes. TB12, and then I move up. Then I go, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. have their routines. Yeah. And if something comes in and disrupts that routine in any way, shape, or form, you can't exercise. In football, you can't hit people because... All There's those, no practice. Right. Going. All those things throw off your routine. It's like taking a train off its tracks and then having to put the train back on the tracks. And then will it work? We don't know if it will work. Right. And that's what you're seeing right here. And I think that's a huge bummer for me because it would be like in the NBA finals in the mid 90s if Jordan got hurt and then didn't play. And then Carl Malone got hurt and didn't play. So you're like, OK, we're watching a series where it's John Stockton against and Jeff Hornacek against little Scottie Pippen. Fine. I get fine. That's a that's, decent that's a, game. Yeah, but is that what is it Michael Jordan, you know, pushing Brian Russell and then hitting that shot? No. No, that's not what it's you're not. so those moments just didn't exist in my opinion last night. Yeah, the the Hawks were great and they tied up the series and 
I don't know if I can sit through three more games with no Trey Young. If they go seven, even if it goes seven, with no Trey Young and no Giannis, I, I don't know if I if that's basketball. I really desperately need to see. But I wonder if on the other side, if the Clippers not looking past the Suns or they the Suns looking past, not looking past yeah, the Clippers, going, we need one more. Hey, if we get this win. Mm-hmm. And we can go into and play the East. We've got this. So maybe. I mean, that last night was the first night that I felt like home court advantage had something to do with it. Do you agree? Like, I felt like the fans in Atlanta actually brought. I mean, when they were giving when they were giving Giannis grief when he was shooting, and he shot two air balls at the free throw line, and oh, then yeah. he shot a, a, took a three that was an air ball. I mean, I was listening to Kenny the Jet talk about it at, at halftime. I mean, he was, he said, like, you don't ever see a professional basketball player have three air balls. No. That means he's not focused. Three air balls in one game. That means he's not focused so or not ready. So you didn't think he was dialed in? I don't. And maybe that had something to do with the, the injury. injury. It's a freak injury. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're not 100% dialed in to the molecular, like down to the cell in these games... I think it makes everybody feel not dialed. I mean, Charles Barkley was out there talking about starting Jeff Teague on the Hawks. I don't know if you saw great, that. Great, great call. Is he on the Hawks? No, he is on, I believe he's on Milwaukee. <laughs> he's on the team the Hawks are playing. <laughs> That's right. But maybe Charles is on to something. You, we don't have Ern, a guy. You that's give terrible, us. That, Erna, that's terrible. Put, put, in, put in Jeff Teagues. And Jeff, you know he wouldn't call it like a, it's Teague. Put in Teagues. I don't put, put in, in Teague. Cheryl Teagues. I, that's terrible, Erna. I put in Put that's terrible. Put in Cheryl Teagues. Cheryl Teagues. Start that's hit. Not, start Cheryl Teagues. Charles, that's not it. I mean, street clothes Davis. <laughs> street clothes Davis. Anthony. Anthony. Street clothes Davis. But, Anthony. Street clothes Davis. Anthony. But look, we joke about that, but that's what we're talking about. You got too many dudes in street clothes. That's right. You got too many superstars in street clothes this year. I mean, so so again. You're Maybe t- Jeff T can play for both teams at some point. Enough can he be guys an all-time an all-time point guard? Enough guys get injured. injured. Jeff T is just playing for both teams. But I'm asking, do you? I think about, and I went back and watched again the Celtics Lakers thirty for thirty that yeah. like four part, you know, five part thing. It was amazing. And the truth of the matter with that is that you know you're watching Larry Bird play at his highest level and even right. though there was an injury Magic Johnson took over and played center you, these are all-time great players you're watching them play at their highest level right and i just don't think we saw that we might not get that this we year we might not get that this year while there's while it's good that we don't know we're sitting here right now and we don't know what the NBA finals is going to look like we just don't the clippers could come back and win tonight and then win game 7 and the clippers are in the NBA finals which to me is a great story mm-hmm. franchise has not had a, a team in the NBA finals the suns maybe could finally get over chris paul if the suns make it in chris paul a guy who deserves a ring we said this yesterday on the show mm-hmm. he could potentially have a shot at that and be facing a compromised hawks team right. or a compromised bucks team again I want I want Giannis back healthy. I want Trey Ice Trey back because mm-hmm. I think he's good for the game. He stirs it up. Yeah. He makes people mad. I actually think that's wonderful. If you if you're not if you're a fan of if you're a Hawks fan, you love Trey Young. He's like Draymond Green in that way. If you're a Hawks fan, you love him. Yeah. If you're anyone else, you hate him. Right. But I don't know how you feel about Cam Reddish. Like I uh, mean, Cam Reddish was like a, the third option on that Duke team. I mean, he did come off the bench and score twelve points, and he, he shot the ball well, he and good. he actually looked decent. And but is like, he the guy you're going to hate? Is he a guy you're going to walk into the arena and just can't wait to watch him fail? No, Cam Reddish yeah. is like, yeah, you just don't want to see him. He's like your uncle at Thanksgiving. Like you just don't want him to say something racist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you're you're waiting for him to make a mistake, and mm-hmm. you're like, ah, mm-hmm. don't do it. Mm-hmm. Trey Young, you're like, I want I want to watch this guy. I want to see something special happen. I want to see mm-hmm. him take a shot from his own defensive uh, free throw line. Right. Just spot up, take a jumper from mm-hmm. this this side of the half-court line. And he doesn't have a high release on his jumper. He it's does. Kinda it's low. kind of a chest, a chest, chest toss. Push. Yeah. It's a chest push. It's a chest push. I agree, but I mean, look, what's crazy to me, and we'll get into this later this hour, is that Trey Young is not on the U.S. Olympic team. Oh, my God. 
We'll, we'll talk we'll, about we'll that talk about, roster. We'll talk about the roster. We'll talk about snubs. Because that just got announced. That just got announced. Who in the world is coming up with the U.S. Olympic team? I have no idea. And and injuries are obviously playing a part in it. They are. All right, take a break because uh, we've got uh, Ricky Fowler is going to be coming up, uh, and I want to talk to him. There's, there's so many questions I have to ask him about just the mind of a golfer, what you go through, how difficult it is to win, how many things have to go right. Especially now when it feels like there are so many players that can win every, any week. You've been watching a ton of golf. I've like been watching every, a ton Every of golf. single well, weekend. I, I will watch on the Golf Channel the replay of the game of, of, the, the, of, the, of the round yeah, from the day. That's right. I can't catch it during the day. It's fantastic. This is a metaphor for your business's journey. Sometimes it feels like you're going 100 miles an hour, barely keeping up. But to cruise through challenges, you need someone who's right there with you. That's what Dell Technologies advisors do. They have the tech advice you need to get past whatever's in front of you and get to where you want to go. For advice on solutions like XPS 13 laptops powered by Intel Evo Platform, call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. I love it, Jay. Uh, we are back. Sklar Brothers filling in for Jim Rome, and I want to get to this gentleman right now because he's on the line. We're, of course, talking about five-time winner on the PGA Tour uh, and more than a decade into his pro career. One of the most popular players in golf. Uh, we're, of course, talking about Ricky Fowler. He's calling from Detroit where he's playing in the Rocket Mortgage Classic this week. Ricky Fowler, first time in the jungle. How are you, buddy? Doing great. Um, we're We're hoping we can... We're past the rain. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a little wet the last couple of days up here in Detroit, but we're ready to get the tournament going. So I it, call me crazy, but are there a lot of tournaments played in Detroit? Detroit does not feel like a place where you, you a lot of golf. I know there's a lot of golf that's played there in the summertime, but you know on the PGA Tour. No, there's actually quite a few years where um, the the tour hadn't been in Detroit. Um, the tour used to kind of there was a stop up here, the Buick Open, for quite some time, uh, then. It, um, the tour stop here went away, um, so that was kind of Rocket Mortgage and, and Quicken Loans. Um, their kind of vision and, and dream was to get a tour event back here in Detroit, and uh, it's been awesome to be a part of uh, kind of that that journey um, since they've been a long term uh, partner of mine. Uh, the tournament used to be based down in the D.C. area. Right. And, uh, just a few years ago, we were able to uh, bring the tournament back to Detroit. Yeah, as uh, guys who went to Michigan and Ann Arbor, we know how much that community appreciates it. Uh, how are you feeling going into this tournament? And I know Randy and I were just talking about how good the field is. How much <clears throat> the PGA field seems to have just everyone's raising their game. Like there's 40 or 50 guys Tremendous that parody. every week. Tremendous parity in the field. Yeah, I think what's what's been awesome here is to see the, the strength of field get better every year. Um I feel like Rocket Mortgage has done a great job here. Um, one with creating a, a fun environment here at the golf course. Uh, right. You mentioned kind of the fans and the people. Um, it's a great sporting town, but I think a lot of a lot of the players are um, enjoying getting kind of behind the you know the initiatives that you know with Rocket Mortgage, everything they do here in Detroit, and you know changing the course and ultimately kind of trying to end the, the digital divide in Detroit. Um, so there's a big charity aspect and. Great. Um, that doesn't go unnoticed uh, with the players. That's awesome. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about that because a lot of golf was played without galleries, without fans during you know the pandemic and during COVID. And I, what was the difference for you? Uh, is it something that you, as a player, you just you kind of tune it out, or do you feed off of it? What was that main difference for you, or did it not affect it at all? I honestly hated it without fans. Did you? Um, yeah, it was. I mean. I can't imagine some of the other sports, you know, from from baseball and obviously having a stadium full to, right. you know, basketball, NHL. Um, I feel like as, you know, athletes, I feel like I can call golfers athletes nowadays. Sure, so yeah, sure some, can. Some, we some guys out here that can represent in that that area. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the fans bring the, the energy and the vibe. Um, it's a lot different when you're out there and it's just dead quiet and, you don't know if there's a blind, you know, blind green, and you hit a shot. You don't know if it's close or whatnot. Um, maybe you're having a bad day. The fans kind of help pick you up, or yeah, you got it. You get on a roll, and you kind of the fans kind of help with the momentum and kind of keep things rolling. So it's uh, yeah, it was a lonely, lonely few months that we had uh, where no fans were up. It was interesting because I was watching 
you know, I'm watching golf with, without the fans there. And there was a lot, you were able to hear a lot more of the chatter between caddy, the and, caddy golfer. and golfer. That relationship. I want you to put that in, like, your caddy. Do you get a nicer gift, like on Christmas, for the caddy? Or, or like for- your wife's sister? Like, where, where does the caddy fit in the sort of the level of like, I got to get, I got to take care of this person? Uh, it depends. I mean, I, I've had a long, long-term caddy. Uh, he's caddied for me uh, yeah. since before I turned pro. Um, so we've we've been together since day one. Um, That's and, amazing. And typically, there's either those kind of relationships, or there's other guys where it might change around and and kind of like just having um, a you rotation. Know, not necessarily the same person there at all times because right. you're you're spending. I mean, I spend more time with my caddy than. Um, especially tournament weeks, I spend more time with him than, than I do my wife who travels with me um, to, to all the events. So it better be someone you like. Yes. Uh, it's a marriage. And, it's a marriage of sorts. Trust me. I'm Jason. And I understand is. that deeply. Yes. And, and, and it all depends on, on what you uh, kind of want out of a caddy. Some, some guys want, you know, someone that's just strictly business and kind of takes care of the job. And some other guys want someone out there that's you know, more of a buddy and can hang out with and have some fun. And then there's the kind of mix between the two. So, it's uh, it's everyone's personal preference. How much is it important that the that the caddy have that ability to just be like, nope, do not pull that out. You cannot do that. You can't. You need a seven. You don't need a, a six here. You know what I mean? Like, how much do you? And then you, as a golfer, you got to say, all right, I got to just rely on what this guy is saying. Yeah, like I was kind of talking about. It's you know, some guys want that, some guys don't. Right. Um, some guys want someone that's just going to carry the bag, kind of give them numbers, and mm-hmm. and let them go from there. But um, yes. Good, good caddies. I, I feel like I have one of them. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, grew up in the same hometown. Um, but you want someone that's going to voice their opinion and um, kind of stick their neck on the line. And, you know, ultimately we're out there to play well. Um, right. They want to see, you know, Joe wants to see me play well. Uh, they're not going to be out there trying to give you bad info. Um, less, less maybe the relationship's not going the right way. But, um, yeah. yes. you know, we're all out there to do the same thing. So, we're all going to make mistakes. It may not be the you know right advice at the right time, but um, I'm not always going to make perfect swings. I'm all, I'm not always going to have um, you know pick the right club. But um, I think being able to talk things through and um, like I said, kind of stick your neck in, on the line there and you know say, hey, this is what I think. And sometimes I got to just uh, trust it and make a good swing from there. When, when do you know in a week that you're <laughs> that you're going to have a good week? That this is going to be. That you're on it. Is it by like Tuesday or Wednesday? Or are you like, oh, practice round? Or, oh, I'm dialed in here right now. Uh, there's there's definitely weeks weeks where you where you feel good and and, and know things are going to click. Um, there's definitely some other ones where you see some guys or hear some stories where things weren't going well. Uh, practice rounds and practice sessions weren't great, and then they go out and either win the tournament or contend. So you really don't want to weigh or put too much weight into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, there's a lot that can happen uh, from going to sleep Wednesday night and waking up on Thursday and teeing it up. So, um, But, yeah, there, there's definitely times where everything's kind of clicking and you know that, uh, hey, we're here to you know be in contention on Sunday and this, we're going to make this one a good week. We're talking to five-time PGA winner uh, Ricky Fowler, who's in Detroit, where he's playing for the Rocket Mor- at the Rocket Mortgage Classic this week. Uh, Ricky, what is the thing you want to tell just the regular golfer out there about just the difficulty of playing on on tour? Is it the what's the thing that's the hardest? Is it are the greens, the rough things that like the regular golfer looks at it on TV and says, "Oh, I could do that," and you're like, "No, no, you, can't. No, you cannot do that." Um, I would say a lot of the, the misconception or what a you know normal weekend golfer or normal fan doesn't really uh, understand is you know kind of the average say distance out here um, you know what may not look like guys are hitting it very far um, guys hit it a lot further than you think uh, the courses play a lot typically a lot longer than people think um, you know pins are tucked more greens are you know, other than when weather uh, comes in, like right now we're, we're playing in some soft conditions, but um, typically when there's no weather involved, uh, how firm and fast everything gets, it's just uh, conditions that you, you really don't get um, at your, your home course necessarily. There's there's definitely some out there that can get close, um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's a different level. So 
until someone's really been inside the ropes and experienced it, um, they, they really don't, uh, don't quite know. I mean, do you think that the guys who design golf courses and the courses themselves are looking at people like Bryson DeChambeau and guys who are just bombing the ball like 400 yards? They're saying, wait, we got to make this course trickier. We got to do these things to get to just. We have to adjust. Right. So we to have speak. to adjust to the adjustments that golfers are making because I feel like golfers are hitting the ball farther than they ever have before. Yeah, they are. I mean, um, but to me, the length of the golf course isn't necessarily how you solve it. Um, right. You know, it, even if a golf course plays long, if you get, if the golf course is playing somewhat soft, um, you know, a place like Beth Page, um, mm-hmm. the, the difference where you see scores there is, is thick, rough, and the greens get firm. When it plays soft, guys are going to score. Um, these are the best players in the world. Um, you know, you make it to where it's soft, and it's like, you know, it's just target practice and throwing darts. So, um, some of these best courses that have kind of held the test of time, a uh, place like Hilton Head, um, Colonial, usually the scores aren't too low. Um, even Travelers last week, um, there in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, not a very long golf course, uh, but just, and it's not tricked up, but go- golf courses where greens stay firm, um, you get, you get enough rough, uh, courses don't have to be long. Um, it's just, uh, kind of the conditions and how it's set up. It's just a, it, and it, if it sets up for mistakes to be made, if you just, people don't realize that it is literally a fraction of an inch from the way you finish up your golf swing, you might be now in deep, deep trouble. Yeah. And, and the firmer and faster you get the golf course, um, the more the ball can bounce and roll. Um, and that's where it makes fairways even narrower. Um, you know, you get grains where they get firm and fast and you miss you know, just a little bit in the ball, especially if you're playing from the rough, you have no chance. Um, so that's where it can get, uh, it gets a bit dicey. So here's my question for you. When you, when you go out for a week and you're setting yourself mentally like this week, are you saying to yourself, I just want to hit the ball well, and then whatever happens happens. Or do you focus on saying, I want to, this is what I have to shoot. You know, I'm looking at the field. I'm looking at the conditions. I'm looking at the way this course is setting up. I got to shoot a 68 on the first day. I got to shoot a 66 on the second. This is my score. I have to hit. Uh, you typically have a pretty good idea of, of where scores are going to go based on how the course is playing. But, um, yeah, you can't necessarily say, you know, I, I need to go shoot this today or that. Um, you never know which day you're going to kind of, you know, get on a heater and um, you kind of have to just, you know, ride the waves that you get. Um, typically, you're not going to go out and play four, four solid days of golf. You're going to have a day, even in a good tournament, you're, t- you're typically going to have a day where things might be a little off or the bounces aren't going your way, and you kind of have to fight through it. So, um, like I said, going into a tournament, yeah, you have a, an idea of where scores may be, uh, but you can't force the issue. Um, kind of have to let it come to you as the week goes. How much do you have to say to yourself after a blow-up hole? We all have the we all have our blow-up holes. Well, you do, Randy. More uh, okay, most, I have but... more than Jason, Ricky. Please don't get in the middle of this. But uh, the idea that you know you have a blow-up hole, and how do you just forget about it and move on? Like, wh- what do you tell yourself to just be like, all right, I got to have a short-term memory here. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, it's it's still there. It's on the card. Um, yeah, yeah. But typically, it's it's not letting um, a hole or a shot that is you know happen. You know whether it was just the last shot or the last hole, uh, not necessarily affect your your game plan or you know how you normally play a hole. Uh, typically, when you start to press or you know maybe play more aggressive than you were, uh, that's where things can kind of compound and you know ultimately lead to more more bad shots and more bad holes. So putting that behind you and, and sticking to you know kind of what your original plan on how you're going to play the hole or what you had kind of laid out for for how the day was going to go unfortunately things don't always work out perfectly so you know bogeys double bogeys those those creep in every once in a while but uh try and keep them off the card as much as possible of it's course like parenting it's like parenting you try and keep the double bogey off the card. try to save par every mm-hmm. day that's right uh dude good luck this week uh, i i think you're gonna have a great tournament again you're playing at the rocket mortgage classic in detroit uh ricky fowler thanks for joining us in the jungle really appreciate you coming on the show yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I love it. Ricky Fowler, everybody. First time in the jungle. I love this dude. Uh, watch him. Support him. I'm I do. Watching this He's weekend. one of my favorite players out there. Five-time winner on the PGA Tour. 
And he's one of the most popular golf uh, golfers out there on the tour. Jay, they, Tokyo Olympics. Thank God they're not in Brazil right now. Yeah. I don't think Ryan Lochte is allowed back in Brazil. Yeah. I don't think he's allowed to be with anyone with a Brazilian wax. Yeah. I don't think he's allowed inside Fogo to Chow. I'll just say that he can't yeah. even go in there. No. He's no. not even allowed to watch the movie Rio, I don't think. He can't. You can't watch Rio, bro. He can't even sing the song Rio by Duran Duran. Yeah, that's right. Tokyo. But Tokyo, different story. Ryan Lochte, who didn't, who failed to make the team, by I the way. Know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Failed to make it. He almost oh, made it, but he failed oh, to make it. Oh, dear. That shows you how hard it is. To make the Olympics. Uh, right? You're like, Ryan Lochte, yeah. you should be able to be like the last guy on the swim team. Ryan Lochte, yeah. as we said many times, yeah. He's, yeah. he's swimming Gronk. He is swimming Gronk. He's an aquatic Gronk. He's an aqu- Gronk in a pool. Yeah. He's a wet Gronk. Amphibious Gronk. By the way, if you said Ryan Lochte is a wet Gronk, boom, there you go. <laughs> Didn't they have a reality yeah. show together? I don't know. I hope so. Uh, all right, but we're Tokyo and we want to talk about. Last week they announced the roster of the U.S. men's basketball team. And yes, yes, there are a few big names. But in general, this this, make no mistake, Rand, this is not a dream team. This is a daydream team. Barely. Like, you, 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 this is, I dozed off while I was at jury duty, and I thought of a team, and this is that team. This is like going to see Hamilton and, like, two of the Schuyler sisters, Washington and Jefferson, are all understudies. You're like, yeah, I'm it's saying not like they're it. bad. It's they're not, not like bad. The, they're not bad, but they are not. That's not, they're not, you know, beating Evan Hansen, dear Evan Hansen, if it goes to overtime. That's right. Let's go through some of the people they picked because some are good. We'll give them credit for some. Kevin Durant, you cannot obviously knock the, the Slim Kevin Reaper. Pick. He's fine, although his bald spot is expanding. And we said this before. About a- same about Ginobili. When he doesn't hit shots, you start to see the bald spot a it little gets bit more. Bigger and bigger, bigger, bigger. Just shave your head, bro. It's okay. By the way, I love Kevin Durant. Has been in the league for twenty years. He's twenty-seven years old. Yeah. Like, didn't Kevin Durant start playing in the NBA when he was like thirteen? Kevin Durant might have to score 45 points a game for the U.S. He for the will. U.S. men's team to win. You know who he is? With his mom just trash-talking any guard who he's, who's guarding him. Better, Better get, get her a room at the Olympic Village, man. Dame Lillard next. Who's, Great choice. Could be a Laker, by the way. I'm hearing rumblings. Yeah, not that happy about the Chauncey Billups. I'm uh, hearing rumblings. Head coaching choice. He's going to start shooting from, like, customs. I think. Right? He gets out of customs and he just starts putting them up. This is a guy. All right. So this is a choice that I'm I'm good with this, Rand. Right. Like, I, this is a guy who deserves to be a winner. I love that we our, our take was that terrible team and the first two people no, we discussed. No, I said there are some good people on this team. First two people we discussed, we're like, we love them. But Dame if, Lillard, yes. But I'm just a million times, yes. If the U.S. does not win gold, then there's a moment where you have to look at him and be like, is it he might the be reason? You. It might be you. Is Durant has won before. I just want him to hit like a half-court shot over Luka Doncic and just be like, mm-hmm. And then just stare mm-hmm. at the IOC like mm-hmm. they just told him he'd lose custody of his kids. Just look at him. Every time Dame Lillard like hits a shot, it's like he looks at the crowd like, what, you're not going to give me another rap album? Yeah. He, he looks at that like, what, what, that's my advance? So, all right, Devin Booker, again. I, Good call. Kid. Love this kid. He's like a more skilled Melvin Booker. Mm-hmm. He's also, I think he's primed to like score a lot in the Olympic Village. He will do well. He that? will do well. Although, but he is with Kendall Jenner. Yeah. Who I think, you know, she's probably going to let him score in the Olympics. She Olympic says Village. he can score from anywhere as well. Yeah. She also tastefully recently called him the next Kobe. Don't call anyone the next Kobe. No. Like, dude, at this point at right this now. At this point, let's not do there's that. There's no, even if his game mirrors that of Kobe Bryant. And isn't that shocking to you that, that a Kardashian or a Jenner would come up with a tone deaf comment like that? That's the thing that surprised me the most. Right. Because they're usually so clued in and keyed in and sort of ear to the ground of the sensitivities of what's going on. So- Obviously, as we said before, the top part of this team. Fantastic. Jason Tatum. I like this. I love Jason Tatum. St. Louis kid. He's like Keenan Thompson on SNL. He's always been solid. Can carry the moment if you need it. He started so young that he feels old. But he's not. He's not old. He's not old. He doesn't look as as old as DeAndre Ayton, which we said yesterday. Old. DeAndre Ayton is. Whose grandpa is now on this team? Oh, that's just DeAndre Ayton. God. That's so nice. You're letting your grandpa ride the team bus. DeAndre That's has, DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton has three, three knee braces. You got two knees, dude. Mm-hmm. He, that we said it, looks like Uncle Drew's uncle. 
Bradley Beal. Now, this is where it starts like, to get a little dicey. DeAndre Ayton looks like he just got done telling a bunch of kids how physical the NBA was in the early 90s. Back when I played. Oh, like, back, back when, when you, you played, played. You're playing. You started right now, playing bro. DeAndre Ayton. He's like Danny Glover in both the Royal Tenenbaums and the last lethal weapon. Yeah, he looks that old. He's got Danny Glover in Royal Tenenbaums vibes Energy, going. Yeah. Bradley Beal. Now, this is where it starts to get a little dicey. Another St. Louis kid. He could be good. You just have to convince him that it's not the playoffs. Right. You just regular season Beal. I want regular season Beal on my Olympic team. You it, give me give me like game 12 of the NBA regular season Bradley Beal and I'm good. Well, it doesn't matter. Like someone has to convince him to put that in his mindset. Because, again, I love Bradley Beal. But I don't know if he's the guy when the pressure's on who you... Who it's hard to tell what his game is without Russ trying to grab rebounds away from him to pad his triple-double stats. Facts. Right? Facts. Kevin Love. Kevin Love is on this team. I'm sorry. Is this 2012? Even, I'm just checking my watch. Even Christian Leitner is like, wait, what? That's a reach. That's, That's a reach, a, bro. I mean, Kevin Love. I love Kevin Love. As a dude. As a dude, he is the best. He's funny. He's cool. He's we did, self We did a web thing with him. Self-reflexive. We did a show with him back on Tops. He did a little thing for us. Kevin Love, though. Were the Lopez twins unavailable? Did Frank Kaminsky reject the offer is just my question. I'm assuming he did because now we're at Kevin Love. So, I, Randy, I remember I tweeted this a couple weeks ago. I said... I, I could be wrong, but I think Danny Green is playing for three NBA teams right now. He could be. Highly possible. I am, on the flip side, not sure that Kevin Love is in the NBA anymore. I know he was there before there was like a three-point line. Is that right? Is that right? I think, truthfully, I think... He's the father of the outlet pass, the, the court-long outlet pass. I think Courtney Love might have been a better choice. At least she knows where to score a good molly in Osaka. That's right. She'd be fun at the karaoke bars. You know she, she would. She knows how to box out. That's just, right. Just ask the surviving members of Nirvana. Okay, that's not fair. That's not fair. I can't say that. Draymond Green. Ain't that a kick in the family jewels or punch or whatever you want to call it? I think every team needs a guy who argues every single time he gets a foul. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green has never committed one foul in his entire He's never committed. It's like everything it, was like a bad call. It's like the police are like, I've never put one guy in jail ne- uh, who, who wasn't guilty. He's less of a glue guy and more of a rubber cement guy. Yeah. If you think about it. Again, this is not. By the way, dudes love Draymond Green. If they didn't go to the University of Michigan, they love him. They love him. Okay. Everybody on the Golden State Warriors and everybody in Oakland loves that dude. But this is not 2016. Mm -mm. Steph rejected the offer to come play. He's not going to be there. It's a long flight to Tokyo. And, and back. back. If you don't have friends, that's a long flight. Who's sitting saying. with Draymond? Not me. Nah. You, well, you're out, you're, your seat is right next to his. Hey, not me. I'm not sitting next to him. I look, I love Draymond. And the good thing about Draymond to- yeah, is if it, after the game, he can sit down with Barkley and uh, Kenny and Shaq. And break it down. Well, Barkley, when he takes the night off. He mm-hmm. is, he is, they're grooming Draymond to be the next Barkley. Am I right? Because mm-hmm. he tells it like it is. Look, I, we, I understand that the Olympics are every four years, but just you got to pick your team not right after the Olympics. You got to pick your team closer to when the Olympics is happening. Am I you right? Got, you got Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Both of them were on the floor last night, and and the combination of them couldn't beat the Atlanta Hawks without Trey Young. I think they're good, but why isn't Donovan Mitchell on the team? I think he's hurt, and I think he said he's not going to play because of his his injury. But still. I mean, why is Trey Young not on the team? I mean, now he's hurt. Now Ice Trey, but but you know that's a that's from a day ago. Ice Trey is the type of guy that, like Barkley, would try and like punk Angola. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, would definitely trash talk a team that he that they were way better than. Shimmy in the lane, launch it up from his own bench, like just clown fools. Chris Middleton, he's not a bad player. I very good player. Very good player. He's like the Subaru Forester of players. Reliable, not sexy. Milwaukee people and Forester owners will they'll they'll, they'll talk corner your you ear to off. tell you how great the you drive the Subaru Forester. It's so good. It's so comfortable. If have you ever met it, anyone who has a Subaru Forester, they will talk your ear off about how good that car is. And you just answer them, and you're like, it's not a Tesla. It's Sorry. good. I'm sure it's good, but it's I'm not sure a Tesla. you're happy with it. Chris Middleton over Zion. Are you telling me that for real? 
Zion could dunk on someone and ruin a nation's economy. That's right. I mean, that's what you want. Again, I want Trey Young in, on this Olympic team. Like, w- the Olympics should be able to say, okay, right now we can redo this thing. Look, J.J. Barea got snubbed. What? Come on, Puerto Rico's part of America. Come on. Call us. Tell us who got snubbed, who you wish you could see on this Olympic team. I don't know. J.J. Barea. J.J. Barea made fools miss. Robin Lopez not on this team. That's not good. White Mamba. We're Scalabrini. If we're just giving out offers to anybody. Scalabrine. Put Let's him make in. make it fun. All right. We're going to take a break. Sklar Brothers filling in for Jim Rome. Thank you, Jim Rome, for letting us, uh, giving us this opportunity to do this show. We love the clones. We love the Sclones. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process. Rocket can. We were talking about the NBA, the Olympic committee, the Olympic team selection. There's even more. We'll talk. We'll get into that a little bit later. But right now, we got a guy coming on, a four-time Stanley Cup champion. And we talked to, we talked to him on our podcast. He's amazing. First of all, he's a really interesting dude and who has carved out a life for himself post-hockey that is both interesting and cool. He's just such a good dude, and we're so happy that we connected with him. And we grew up hating him as Blues fans. Yeah, Let me and, just say that. And now we love him. Please welcome the one of the best defensemen of all time. I'm going to say of all time, Darren McCarty. Darren McCarty, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, what's up, uh, Randy and Jason, or as uh, I like to call you, funny and funnier, depending on which uh which night it is. So Thanks, good buddy. Oh, uh, man, so good to be with you. Uh, you are an experienced radio guy yourself, a podcaster. You've done Comedian. stand-up comedy. I mean, you've really... I love that about you, and I love when guys and people grow after that first thing that they do. I feel like athletes have such a short window in which, and, and so much of your life, and you can talk about this, was I'm sure you were at the hockey rink since you were 9, 10 years old all day. It was your entire life up through the end of your career, and you say to yourself, well, what's next? What do I do now? And you're, only, and you're a young dude at that point. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I think that uh, what you do is not who you are. Mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, sort of, it can define you to do different things. And for me personally, you know, uh, like I said, I grew up in the hockey rinks and, you know, eat, breathe, breathe and sleep and chase sure. my dream to play in the NHL. Right. Um, but I also had other interests, you know, like along the way, I also, you know, I got a band, I got, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, uh, do the stand up yeah. and I tell everybody, listen, um, I'm not a comedian. You know, I got a band. I'm not a singer. What I am is an entertainer. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I'll try anything once. And mm-hmm. if I like it, try to give it the respect it deserves. That's but right. I think it's, you know what it is, is because as a hockey player is you're defined mm-hmm. um, sort of by your role and what people think of you. And, you know, for me, I'm fortunate being in Detroit and, um, so uh, growing up 40 minutes on the Canadian side uh, from Joe Louis Arena. So I was a Wings fan of, in the Dead Wing days. So yeah. to, to be able to live out my dream. But it's also, too, is that not to be afraid to try different things or seeing if you like different things. And for me, I love people. And mm-hmm. through my story and the ups and downs and stuff, what I realize is I'm a battery and the people are my power. And, it's you know, I, I just, whatever, in whatever I'm doing, um, I just trying to connect people. It's so funny you said and use that. That's such a great like terminology to use. You're the battery and the people, people are the, the power. power. We were just talking to Ricky Fowler last hour oh, and nice. talking about when he's when, in town. Yeah. yeah, he's in Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Yeah. And, the, and the truth is that like he, he said, when there were no galleries, when there was no gallery, that was the hardest time to play golf for him because there a lot of times he's like, you're playing. If you're not playing well, the gallery can lift you up. If you are on a hot streak, like they then buoy you even higher. Like when Joe Lewis Arena was rocking and yeah. octopi were flying onto the ice, like the energy that must have given you guys. As it lifted you off the ice. You're probably skating on air. Well, it, it it definitely is, and especially in the playoff time. And I think you see that. You know, where are we in Tampa Bay tonight? Going to yeah. game two. Yep. Um, and you know the energy, and the, and I think that in saying that, I know that the uh, Quebec and the Montreal they asked the government to let ten thousand five hundred people in instead of thirty five hundred. To your point, is that yeah that. 
that can affect the home team. Mm-hmm. You know, I never played without in front of fans except being smaller and, and as a hockey player and especially the role that I played and get into fights. Yeah. Well, dude, I don't know if you know this, but if you want to make money, score goals. But if you want to uh, get chicks, get black eye and scars. <laughs> chicks, big tough guys. So, yeah. You know, when your priorities change, then that's, that's just the self-awareness. But, yeah, there's nothing like playing in front of a – uh, full crowd, no matter what sport you're playing. And, and to Ricky's point, yeah, that at golf, it's got to be really different because you feed off, and especially with him having the Ricky army and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he's a beloved player is that, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, in saying that, I, I'm going to go put a bet in on him this weekend because there's fans in Detroit. I love it. Yeah. And you, and you, you guys are always hooking me up. Yeah, see, awesome. see, and you, and listen, you've always, you've always been a big proponent of allowing fighting in golf. Yeah, you've you always said wanted it's, to see it's, it's, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Did Kepka, absolutely. Did Kepka, okay, okay, guys playing golf. Okay, on 18, Kepka and, and and DeChambeau just, just dropping their gloves, dropping their dropping their golf gloves, <laughs> dropping down their putters, and just throwing down on the 18 of the Waste Management Classic. The crowd be, going wild. That would be the greatest Last man seen. standing wins the tournament. Screw the uh, playoff. How crazy would that be? Is there water around that green? <laughs> yes! I don't know. Oh, maybe. whoever goes into the drink. <laughs> throw the other dude into the drink. Knock him out and toss him in. Oh, that would be so awesome. That would definitely change golf. I mean, talk about... That is crazy. You were an enforcer. You were a guy who... So a, a fight happens in a hockey game, and you know some people might be like, "Look, I don't like the way he took a run at at, at this." You protected at a lot Steve of Eisenman. Well, yeah, or your your right. guys, Fedorov. You're like, I, I don't like the way he took a run at this guy who's really valuable to me. So I'm now going to go after them. You know, but it is an energy thing in hockey. It is used as a motivational thing, especially if you're playing at home. You get the crowd into it and the crowd's on your side. And suddenly you just wiped clean what just happened. Maybe you guys were playing lackluster stuff. You couldn't get the puck out of your own zone. Then a fight happens and you forget about what just happened and you clean the slate. Is that the way it goes down for you guys as players? There's so many different reasons. And, you know, the bottom line about the enforcers or whatever is the accountability. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. If you have somebody that is staring at you, that you know that you're going to have to answer the bell, or if you do something stupid, well, you're going to be accountable for it. It's all about accountability. So there's different reasons. Yeah, to get the fans going and get the momentum. Maybe you're down. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, it's 2 nothing game. Mm-hmm. The draw, maybe there's we're losing you a little about, bit. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Oh, sorry. The NHL about this year with the realignment of the uh, division. Right. So you had eight games, so you got more rivalry. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the key thing. So let me ask you about that realignment. I mean, Jay and I have always been, and we talked to you about this on our podcast, and if people want to listen to it, View from the Cheap Seats, full uh, hour-long interview with you. Uh, but my question was, the as far as like the realignment, the sort of the allowing the Canadian teams a shot. I mean, look, Montreal had to get past Vegas, which is a brand new franchise in a place that has never seen snow or ice or anything, okay? Well, if you consider cocaine snow. Yeah, there's a lot of cocaine there. There's a lot of ice in terms of on people's wrists and hands. But the the, the fact that like Canadian teams have a, a legitimate shot and pathway to the Stanley Cup Finals, to me, I think is a good thing. H- how is it being received in the hockey world in terms of giving them that shot? Well, I think it was the same thing. I mean, if you look throughout the years when they did the expansion draft back to your St. Louis Blues, you were a recipient yep. you know, of having the expansion team league where you guys went and you lost to Montreal, but, you know, um, and you had Scotty Bowman as your coach. But right, right. I think it's fine. I think it's the understandable. And, I, um, you know, I think that, you know, when it changes back or when they figure figure it out, but I don't think there's a problem. I think it was one of these things through COVID and trying to do the best. Right, regionally. And then have everybody play. So right. I think everybody understands why it happened. And, you know, it should be – tonight's a big game. You know, you're going to – you should get Montreal's best effort. And mm-hmm. if Tampa can uh, – Montreal doesn't stay out of the box, they're in trouble. But I sort of – this this game, if Montreal has any shot, they need it. They, they need, need it right one. now. They they, they at least need to make it close and give them hope as they're heading back to Montreal, because right. the the they can turn around and say, look, we fought the the five one game. You got to forget about it. Okay, you lose five one. Carey Price was not 
anywhere near where he needed to be. And he is the guy, if he's standing on his head, you actually have a shot. You know, if they come close in this game, they can at least build off that momentum to come back home and say, all right, let's settle this thing back up on our home ice. You know, you're down 0-2 if you're down 0-2, or if it's a split, that's a huge victory. So I take it as uh, as I go back to 98, mm-hmm. our second Stanley Cup in Detroit, yeah. when we played Washington in the final, mm-hmm. right, where it wasn't uh, Philadelphia or Washington wasn't the expected favorite. So when we looked at them... That's how I think Tampa going for the repeat looks at Montreal is they have respect for them, but they're not scared. They know we had to face Ole the goalie, Olaf Kolzik, mm-hmm. who is, you know, one of the best at the time. But, um, you know, that's why I just think the experience of last year, having Stamkos healthy, mm-hmm. you know, getting Chernick back in the lineup. And Vasilevsky, man, I mean, it, it's goaltending puck luck and and staying healthy or who can jump in and fill in spots in the playoffs and that's why i think tampa's you know got got this series where they want but like you said if they keep if montreal makes it into ot and even if they lose but they show that they can put a chink in the armor you know we got a new series 2015 last year and potentially this year where do we put this as you were a part of a dynasty team? Where do we put this Tampa Bay team in terms of the great teams of all time? I, you got to give them the respect mm-hmm. and look and look at it and look at who they are because, you know, we did it three times in six years and um, was able to do it four times overall. But, I Amazing. mean, they deserve the props of the conversation, especially yep. in this time. And I tell you this, as a Red Wings alumni and fan mm-hmm. i hope that exactly what's going on with stevie put together there he's just doing the same thing here and it looks like he is so we're next down the road yeah that could be very exciting i mean teams like teams like st louis and and obviously like cities like st louis and detroit when they win those are there's hockey ingrained in that city and there's there's a tradition yeah, because st louis was good as growing up as blues fans it's not like we had bad teams that didn't make the playoffs you look at hall and oats you even go back to federko and unger and plager and those guys you had and Lute, you had teams that made the playoffs and made deep runs but you know, the thing that we realized is, you, like you said, you need puck luck. You need guys to stay healthy. You just, and, and you need great goaltending. And you need great goaltending, and you need guys to step up. But, like, that is, we just didn't have that. That's, that's how difficult it is. So then when we look back at what you guys were able to achieve, three, three cups in six years, that's just unbelievable. That is transcendent from what regular teams can do. Yeah, you know what? And it was a different era you know, pre-salary cap and stuff, so things were different. So, But all in all, I don't care. Winning's winning, and it's the parity in the league and the way that it's it's done that uh, your question is that they're, raised, they're, they're in the conversation. You have to look at them. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of the stalwarts that have been there, and you look at the, you know, we uh, didn't always win. We had some disappointing losses like, like yeah. they did, but they also learned from it. So we talked about that, being on the precipice and be, who's next. And we talked about the Islanders before, you you and Jay yeah. and I talked about the Islanders. Yeah. The Islanders being on the doorstep. I mean, the, the Islanders, Islanders took Tampa Bay right. to the brink. The Islanders may have played a tougher series against Tampa than the Canadians will play against them. It's yet to be seen. But talk about that Islanders team and what you expect from them moving forward. They feel like they're on the doorstep to potentially – being in the Great. cup and winning it all. Yeah, absolutely. It comes down to culture, and you look at Barry Trotz uh, winning the cup uh, with Washington and yeah. that Lou Lamorello, Uncle Lou, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> you look at the stalwarts where the dress room, and you look at the Devils and Andy Green, you look at Zajac, you look at Paul Mary as far as the stability and the work. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at that, um, the energy line they got with Clutterbucks, Azekas, and Martin, who are always effective in the game. I mean, they're hitting everything that moves, and, you know, they're right there. You look at, I mean, in Detroit, we had to win the President's Trophy in 93, 94, and then lose the first round to, to the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Next year, go to the finals, you know, lose the jersey, then set the league record, 62 wins, mm-hmm. and then get beat out by... Colorado before we got there the next year. So they go six games last year, seven games this year. Yep. Maybe next year is a year, but they're always going to be down. What you see is what we used to see is that it's probably coming down to those two teams, you know, at the end. But again, there's other teams out there in the parity stuff in the league. 
Parody is really tough in the league. I, I do, again, even though we're Blues fans and even though we I, – I actually support a lot of the Canadian teams because I think it means so much. When you hear that, like, when Winnipeg sold out, like, their season tickets in 12 minutes, I was like, what is this, a Rush concert? Jesus Christ. On, like, man. they're just selling out, like, the entire season tickets in 12 minutes or whatever it was. might have been two minutes. Who knows? Those cities and those towns – they they're starved. Ed, the Edmontons, you know, they're they're starved. We haven't seen a dominant Canadian team, I think, since those like 2011 Vancouver team. Well, everybody keeps putting their uh, their money on Toronto, and they keep letting people down. I so, know. you know, that's a right toughie here. My bet, my bet's still intact. Whether the Lions will win before the. Uh, for the Maple Leafs. So. You think you say Lions? Before Lions Maple- before Maple Leafs. Are you excited about the Lions in 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 golf? I am absolutely. It starts with culture, and you know, yeah, it's not about wins it. and losses. It's about getting it done and doing it right. And the guys in charge. And you know what I what I like is not just Dan Campbell. And that all his coaches are former players. That adds a lot of respect in the room. And you know, it starts at the top. I'll give uh, Sheila Ford Hemp all the credit in the world. Because um, she's started to change the culture, and it started with uh, hiring Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell's coach. So we're excited here. You know, Penny Sewell, first rounder. I love it. Offensive line. I, I like Jared. Go- I like Jared Goff more than than a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I see they know what they need to do, and and he needs to be protected, and then he can be successful. So don't yeah. sleep on the Lions. Don't sleep on and and don't sleep on how much. Uh, a championship can mean to a city like Detroit. So you look at Cleveland. Look at Cleveland and the way that organization. I mean, they were they had a parade because they were zero and sixteen a few years ago, and not too long ago. And now we're talking about them in the conversation of like it the can, Browns. The Browns. It can be turned around. It can be turned around. It can. No, it can. And the best thing in the NFL it can be turned around. Oh yeah. But in two or three years, I think. Uh, you know, Detroit's going to make plays, and, and hopefully it's done right this time. I mean, there's some organizations that I'm like, I want you to turn around. I want it so badly. I read across a crawl that, like, the Buffalo Sabres drafted someone. I was like, is Buffalo still in the NHL? Please. Are they still? Are they still? <laughs> they right? were pretty good a little the bit. The Dominic Hasek domination for all that time. And, again, that was they, they built it on a goalie. They built all of that on a goalie. I'm like, I would love to see the Sabres get back and be good. Yeah, well, they got a ways to go. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Jack Eichel first. So, yeah, um, yeah, it, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, we're that, that's here in Detroit. I look around, and the only question mark at man, general managers with the Tigers and Alavila, but it looks like you know, with the young pitchers and some of the young prospects moving up in the minors, um, that they might be slowly but surely on their way. But you look at the Pistons. This picked up the first overall they did. pick. They tanked Troy beautifully. Weaver. They tanked beautifully. Yeah, dude, and you met, and just to the point, you know, you guys were talking about the uh, Olympic team mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah, uh, my boy Jeremy Grant. Yep, who's on the team, and you know what? I, I love that Popovich came out and said that on on Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant's. Uh, you know, th- they gave the word on him. So you That's know, go good. look at this kid. So. That's that also too. We got Sadiq Bay. We got Isaiah Stewart, our first and second team all rookies. So uh, future's bright here. And then Steve Eiserman, what do you want? That's you know great. what he did to your St. Louis Blues. I know seven. to ripped our hearts out. Ripped Broke our hearts out. I almost can't forgive you for what he did to us, but Jeez. I will. I will do it. Hey, where can people? We're talking, of course talking to Darren McCarty. Where can people catch you and catch your radio show, podcast, and all that stuff? I want to make sure absolutely you let people know DarrenMcCarty.com, and then. Uh, Darren McCarty four on Twitter. Uh, any blue check marks on Instagram and Facebook, and check out uh, Woodward Sports Network. I do a three to five daily show called The Hook. Mm-hmm. It's like Regis and Kathy Lee on crack. So <laughs> wait, isn't Kathy Lee? Fun. Isn't Kathy Kathy's Lee already on crack? On crack? I, I don't know. She she's not. Crack. That's a legend. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, so, it so, it's, so it's just like or Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> Regis is dead, and Kathy <laughs> Lee. I don't know about her. Who knows? She's, who she's knows? on red wine, uh, dude. So I know you'll be watching the the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Uh, just enjoy it. Uh, this is this is the best time of year if you're a hockey fan. You know, it's it's even if you don't have a dog in the race. Jay and I were talking about this yesterday, and and this is the last question I'm going to ask you and get your your opinion on this. 
it, I don't know if you feel this way, but like you, when you love a team so much, and and you went so deep on the Detroit Lions drafting, okay, you know what you're talking about. When you love a team so much, is it harder to watch them? To me, it's harder to watch them. If I'm watching two teams that I don't care about, it's I easier. actually you can, can have en- more fun. I can have more fun. I can enjoy the game, but I'm so nervous, you know, when I'm when the when I've got a dog in the race. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, bro. There's, you have the nerves too. You know, I'm a big race fan, so like last year, Bush won. Yeah, and you know, down to the end, whether he's going to make it on fuel miles. So I don't care when you have a vested interest, and especially for me, when you know guys personally. Yeah, especially in other sports. Yep. Yeah, definitely, man. Like that. That's that's the best. I, I think it's more exciting when you're out there cheering them, but you feel that sort of competitive anxiety, whether yep. it's through the TV or even live. So. Yep realize you have no control and just enjoy it but yeah you definitely 100 percent. so i'm gonna enjoy this uh i will enjoy watching tampa bay and uh and, and the montreal and the montreal canadians tonight Stanley we'll Cup. see you in in october when we come to ann arbor to do shows on the 22nd Absolutely. and 23rd we'll hang out and uh dan mccarty thanks so much for joining us really appreciate you brother you guys are the best thank you Sklar brothers I love it, Darren, Darren McCarty. McCarty. A better guy you will not find. You will not find that, Jay. Dude's a pro. He's cool. See, He's and fun. look at that. Blues and Red Wings coming joining together, forces. joining forces. The guy can make anything good. 